Hello, Middle Church. <clears throat> Excuse me. Took my allergy pills, but apparently it still has not kicked in. I am joining you from um, Fort Tryon, Billings Lawn. It is a gorgeous day here in New York. You can see. Um, it is a very full worship in this Hispanic Heritage Month, so I'm going to keep us moving. Um, but if you could, with me, take a deep centering breath together. Come, let us worship God. My name is Janelle Pointer. I am she, her. I am in Albany, New York. Hi, I'm Kristen. My pronouns are she, her, hers, and I am in New York City. Hi, everyone. My name is Ren. My pronouns are he and him, and I'm based in New York City.
Good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm here with a, a special mo uh, moment for the kids who are worshiping today or anybody who's feeling particularly young at heart. So if that's you, just scooch a little bit closer to the, the TV or the computer, wherever you're watching on. Uh, and I thought we'd talk a little bit about uh, this, this scripture this morning. So in, in the story that you're gonna hear in a little bit, a woman who had been sick for a really long time uh, comes in and she asks Jesus for healing. Uh, and she'd been sick for 12 years. And then in, in this moment, she's, she's gripped with this conviction to, to ask for the help she needs. Uh, and I was thinking about how I really admire that because I'm actually not somebody who's often that good at asking for the help that I need. I remember when I was a, a kid, I don't know if you, any of you have ever done this, when my, when my parents would get the groceries, I would try to carry all the bags in one trip. Uh, and they would laugh at me because I would sometimes drop things or you know, need to take a, a rest halfway to the door because I couldn't carry all the stuff together. When if I just asked my brother, he probably could have you know, carried it together and it wouldn't have been an issue. Uh, but I wasn't good at asking for help. And I, you know, I'm still not that good at asking for help. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I got all of my, my firewood de uh, delivered so that I could stay warm this winter because that's what we do up here in Maine. Um, <laughs> And uh, I had this massive, massive pile of wood uh, in my driveway and I was starting to stack it in our woodshed. Uh, and I looked over and I saw my neighbor was just sort of hanging out in his yard. Uh, and I had like a brief thought. I was like, oh, maybe I should ask to see if he would give me a hand stacking the wood. But then I thought, no, nah, he doesn't want to do that with his Saturday. Like that's not how he wants to spend his time. And so I didn't. And so I stacked almost half of it myself. And then at one point he just came over and said, hey, do, do you need a hand stack in the firewood? And he was really delighted and we had a great time stacking wood together. And if I had just asked him from the beginning, uh, he would have helped me out and I wouldn't have had to do all of that myself. So I'm wondering if, if you have ever had that experience where you need help, but you don't ask for it because you're worried about what people will say. Maybe you're in school and you're afraid to ask because you don't understand something because you're worried that people will think that you're stupid or what if you ask and they say no? Won't you look silly? Won't people think that you're weak? That you can't do it by yourself? What I'm here to tell you and what I think this story tells us is that that isn't weakness, but strength. To acknowledge that none of us, nobody, no one, not me, not you, not any of the adults in your life, None of us can do it by ourselves. And naming that and acknowledging that and asking for the help we need, that is strength, not weakness. When the woman reaches out 
and grabs Jesus's cloak and asks for the help for the help she needs and the health she needs. Jesus turns and looks at her and says, your faith has made you well. Your faith that somebody would offer the help she needed. Her faith that love would be there right on time. So have the same faith, the same willingness to ask for what you need and let God surprise you. Let's pray together. God, help us ask for the help that we need. Break us of our pride, our conviction that we have everything handled, that we don't need your help or those around us in order to get by. Remind us that we are made for more than getting by, that we are made to flourish, that none of us can flourish outside of community. We pray this in your heavenly name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you, all our musicians and everyone here. Welcome again to worship. I'm Reverend Amanda. I use she, her pronouns. We're so happy that you have joined us from wherever you are in the world on this second Sunday in Hispanic Heritage Month. Friends, there is so much going on in the life of middle. So much, so much goodness, so many details. And so uh, pay special attention as we go through this portion of worship, as we talk about all the ways that we are rising together. First of all, I hope you have made plans to stay after worship right where you are in this Zoom space. If you're live streaming on one of our platforms right now, make sure you can come into the Zoom space after worship because our reparations task force is doing a presentation for us, a listening circle. They've been hard at work for almost two years thinking and praying um, and listening about what reparations might mean for this community. And they wanna share with you a little bit about what they've learned specifically about the origins of Middle Church, how we were founded, um, our first pastors. Um, it is important information to know as a community and it is difficult information to know. So I hope you make plans to stay right where you are and join us this afternoon for that. And then next Sunday, for the first time since March of 2020, we have two opportunities to worship together, not just one. That's right, friends. If you feel comfortable, if you are in the New York City area, if you are fully vaccinated, if you're over 12, then you can come and worship with us in person on the street on 2nd Avenue. I see a yay sign. Who else is feeling a certain way about that? And I would like to ask, someone to put in the chat really quickly what time is our worship next sunday it's a one-off time it's not the same time 11 11 11 i'm seeing it everywhere yes tomorrow's is i'm um, excuse me not tomorrow next sunday's is at 11 not 11 45 and we have two opportunities for worship online right where you are on our platforms we'll be streaming like we always do we have special ways to invite in our digital community on that day or on the street Space is limited. You do have to be registered. Find all that information on site, but please register if you're planning on being in person. And we still need lots of hands to help pull that off. So sign up to volunteer if you can as well. As we continue to move into the fall, all of our small groups and our justice work is rising as well. A couple of things to lift up. 
our butterfly ministry is back. You all are so amazing. And I want to let you know that that starts next Sunday as well. You can find information about that um, in our news on our website, or just send me an email or anybody on staff and we'll, we'll let you know what you need to know. But that is back. Our Ablamos group is back. They are kicking it. And Lord knows this week, there's a lot of work to do as we think about the border, as we think about immigration. And this is the group that does that work. So head to our website to find out all information about Oblamos. They have a new meeting time, a happy hour on Wednesdays. Uh, we'll be in the streets next Saturday for reproductive justice rights. Um, March, Ali is helping that effort. Betty will be performing. Reach out to us about information about that. There is so much happening in the world. It is great to talk about the ways that we rise in community, and it is also important that we take time to just sit at the presence, sit at the feet of the presence of the divine and of the holy, so we can listen to what the world is also telling us. So that's what we're going to do now. We're going to move into a time of prayer. If you're here in the Zoom room with us, you're going to go into a breakout room. This is a short breakout room, only 30 seconds. So say something that's on your heart today. What's one thing that we can lift up together with you in prayer um, when you get into your room? So you'll be asked to join a breakout room now and say one thing that we can be in prayer for you about. If you are watching on one of our um, live stream avenues, you will be um, here with me and we will be praying here together. So friends, as we pray, I'd like for you to bring to mind something this week that brought you joy. Bring that thing close to mind. What's something that brought you joy this week? And give thanks to God. Give gratitude to God for that thing that brought you joy. If you'd like to share it with somebody, you can put it in the chat. What's something that brought you joy this week and give thanks to God, the creator of all things. So of course the creator also and sustainer of joy for that gift. And then I want you to think about one thing that really broke your heart this week. Maybe it's something you saw in the news. Maybe it's something you overheard on the street. Maybe it's something that you're dealing with personally. But what is something that really broke your heart this week? Give that to God as well. Name it. Say how you're still hurting. Say how your heart breaks. If you'd like to put that in the chat, you can do that as well. And as everyone is coming back together now from our breakout rooms, welcome back everyone. I hope you had a, a moment to be in prayer together. Let's continue in the spirit of prayer. God, we recognize together that this week has brought more anxiety and more violence, more mass shootings, so many now that they don't always get named, continual climate crises, white violence at the border against our Haitian siblings, God, the violence, the white supremacy, the terror is sometimes too much. So God, we need you. We need to be reminded of your promises. We need to be reminded of the world 
that you design for us, the world that you dream for us. And we need to be reminded that each of us have a role to play in bringing about that world. For the times that it feels too heavy, remind us that someone else is there to do that with us. For the times that we have something to give, let us give with all that we have. And friends, let's pray together now the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Pray it in whatever language or way seems comfortable to you, is familiar to you. There's an inclusive version printed in your bulletin. And let's pray together now. Ever loving and holy God, how will it be your name? Your reign come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the reign and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now friends, we are going to pass the peace together. Again, if you're here in the Zoom room with us, you're going to get in a breakout room. And this is a longer breakout room. You'll have two or three minutes to pass the peace with one another. So you can reflect together on the question that what does abundant life look like to you? What would it look like for all to live abundantly? What does that look like to you? So let's pass the peace together now in your breakout rooms. Peace be with you, friends. workshops that we've done on Black Lives Matter and white privilege and all that stuff. I've been in the social groups like New Adventures. Financial distress and I was don't even talk about it to others because I figured that's for me to deal with but never had a church of like an actual church that actually cared. I'm so grateful for Middle and my choir family. I know that I have been lifted in prayer a million times, and I know that that is what has gotten me through the worst of my days. So middle has been a constant for me. It has been a very present help in a time of need, and I'm so grateful for my middle community for welcoming and embracing me. And even though we don't have a building, I feel really hopeful about the community that we continue to be for each other because I see all the ways in which we are looking out for each other. Really love uh, connecting with the young people um, and all and in general all of the groups that meet together in this time uh, virtually. And on Sunday is also inspirational and, and gives me some comfort that someday we'll be able you know we will be together again and be able to hug again and do all the things that we did uh, before the pandemic.
Are we good, friends? Daryl? Daryl, are you with us? I'm here, y'all. My, my apologies. I was following the bulletin and I thought there was an anthem next. <laughs> so forgive me. <laughs> oh. Maybe there is. Is there? That's my that's my problem then. Sorry about that. See, I was gonna I was gonna crack a joke, but I'm gonna let it ride. <laughs> I misread. That's my bad. Let's sing. Everyone else sing together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from everything. Those who look on him are radiant. They'll never be ashamed. They'll never be ashamed.
My God, my God, my God. Y'all do me a quick favor, whether you're here in Zoom room or you are on Facebook or YouTube, go ahead and write in the chat, just say amen if you would for that wonderful, wonderful anthem to get the spirit settled and started in this place this morning. Thank you so much for everything that you're doing today. It is so good to be back with all of you on this Sunday morning. I'm so excited to be in church today. I wanna thank y'all so much for, for your prayers, your love, your support. Uh, and one, me being able to take this leave to spend time with my family, uh, but also to just make a home and a space for, for a new member, a new participant in this revolutionary love. And so it is so great uh, to have all of that. And if you stay with us in worship today, you might see a special guest later on in worship, but I'm gonna make sure y'all stay for the whole time so you don't leave too early. Uh, and then also just so you know, uh, as you would expect to have a full house in the place today. So if you hear some extra background noises, that's just, hey, I'm a, I'm a daddy now. So that's just what it is, I guess. Uh, and so just to be quick with time this morning, uh, our scripture today is gonna come from the gospel, Mark's gospel, starting in the fifth chapter the 21st verse to the 42nd verse. Now we're not gonna go through all of that this morning. It's a little bit too long, but I encourage you to take some time out sometime this week, if not today, and read those verses for yourselves. Again, we are a teaching church. We wanna teach Bible. So go and read the verses in Mark 5, 21 through 42 when you get a chance. But I'm just gonna lift up a few verses this morning in order to center us in where it is I feel God uh, has for us to, to focus on this morning. And so Mark 5, Again, the fifth chapter, starting in verse 21. Again, I'm not gonna read the whole thing, but I'm gonna lift up a few verses, but starting in the 21st verse from the NRSV, it reads like this. So it says, when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him and he was by the sea. Then one of the leaders of the synagogue named Jairus came and when he saw Jesus fell at his feet and begged him repeatedly, my little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. Come and lay your hands on her so she may be made well and live. So Jesus went with him. Jump down to verse 35. It says, while Jesus was still speaking, some people came from that leader's house, from Jairus's house to say, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to Jairus, the leader of the synagogue, do not fear, only believe. And so church, I wanna lift up for you hearing these verses in light of the subject that God has put on my heart in light of where I find myself in life at this moment, subject being girl dad. The subject being girl, dad. Now, when we read our scripture and we learn about Jairus and we hear about the story of his family, we realize that Jairus is not a father unlike many fathers. Jairus loves his spouse, loves his child. In all three of the synoptic gospels and their telling of this story, his love for the, his child is so apparent and so obvious. And we see it specifically in the fear that he expresses when he realizes that his daughter's life and his daughter's health is in peril. Learning about his daughter's health, Jairus stops at nothing 
to ensure his daughter gets the care that she needs. As a leader in the synagogue, he was able to schedule appointments with the top physicians in Galilee. Because of his reputation and relationships, he was able to rely on his friends and family for support and for prayers. He had spent all he had on doctor's appointments and medical bills, and his daughter was no better, rather grew worse. Jairus was at the end of his powers when we meet him in our text. And, when, and then the Bible says that Jesus had come again to his side of Galilee. Jesus, who took Simon Peter's mother-in-law by the hand and lifted her up from her deathbed. Jesus, who reached out his hand and touched a leper, making him clean. Jesus, who healed a paralyzed man because of the faith of his four friends. We meet Jairus in our text at the end of his powers. But this is also when the Bible says that Jesus had come to his side of Galilee. And Jesus had come, and because of all that Jesus had done throughout the region, a large crowd had gathered to see him. So Jairus hears, and Jairus goes, and Jairus, having exhausted all his money, having exhausted all his connections, having laid down all pride and all ego, realizes amongst himself that if he but could get Jesus to come and lay his hands on his daughter, his daughter would be made well and live. In other words, like so many fathers, Jairus realizes he was not able within himself to solve all his problems with his own strength. Jairus could not buy his way into healing his daughter. He could not pride his way into comforting his daughter. He could not lead her in the synagogue his way into keeping his daughter safe from every bad experience, every heartbreak and hard time, sickness and scraped knee, ailment and accident. Like parents all over the world, Jairus had to realize the limits to what he was able to do as a parent. And as the Bible says, Jairus realizes that even with the excess of things he could not do, if he could just get his daughter in Jesus's hands, mm, then Jesus could do more for his daughter than Jairus could ever think he could do for her himself. Mm, can I say that again? Jairus knew that if he could just get his daughter in Jesus's hands, then Jesus could do more for his daughter than Jairus could ever think he could do for her himself. And Jairus knew that if he could just do this, do this one thing, of all the things he couldn't do, if he could just do this one thing, that she would be made well and she would live. Jairus knew that if he could just get his daughter, get his heart, his world, get even his fears in Jesus's hands, then Jesus could do exceedingly abundantly and above all that Jairus could ever ask or think. Because Jairus knew that in Jesus's hands, there is life. Jairus knew that in Jesus's hands, there is rest. Jairus knew that in Jesus's hands, there is safety, that there is peace, that there is health, that there is hope. Jairus knew that there is healing for a sick world in Jesus's hands. And Jairus knew that there is power in Jesus's hands. And Jairus knew what the psalmist told, that if he simply just sought the hands of God, then God would answer and deliver him from all his fears. 
But if I'm being honest, church, I must say that it is not always easy. It is not always simple to put our trust in God. Am I preaching this morning? It is difficult to trust our lives to God when we are unable to locate God. It is difficult to put our trust in God when the storms arise and obstruct our ability to see God. It is is difficult to trust God. It is not easy to trust God when from Afghanistan to Haiti to the southern border to our own neighborhoods, people are forced to continuously live their lives at the point of death. If I can get real for just a moment this morning, church, and, and be honest and say that even I, as a pastor, find that it is hard at times to trust my life to God. I struggle with my need to maintain control in in all things in my life. I struggle with the anxiety of of being a new father and, and the type of father that I hope to be. But in this new season, I'm finding that I am also in a, in a season of learning. And what I'm learning is that there are some questions that I simply cannot answer. There are some problems I simply cannot solve. For instance, before Kaylani was born, her mother and I knew that we wanted to breastfeed. And when she started clustering, Lonnie would be up every three hours needing to feed and was keeping her mother beyond exhausted. When we brought her home, she would feed off and on during the night. And I was worried and anxious that I was not doing enough to care for her or her mother. Lonnie would get to fussing and and I would try to take her for a bit to give her mother a break, but it wouldn't work for long. and I would have to give her right back to her mother to feed. And church, I got to say that in those moments, my anxiety was saying that this is all I thought that I'd be able to, to do that this would that this would encompass the totality of, of Lonnie and I's relationship. That that I was anxious that I was not being a good father and I was starting off on the wrong foot. Like, like Jairus, I was worried that despite all that I was attempting to do, I was not doing enough. But church, then I realized something. And I realized what was my first lesson as a new parent. And I realized that what I was wrestling with, what I was struggling with, had nothing to do with what I was or was not doing. But what I was wrestling with, what I was struggling with was recognizing and accepting the simple fact that although there are some things that I can do, that I'm trying to do, that I want to do, that I aspire to do, that there are also some things that I simply just cannot do. Despite what I might want to do, aspire to do, I cannot breastfeed my baby. I cannot give birth to my baby. I cannot share in that bond that is between a mother and her child. But I can change a diaper. I can dance and sing my baby to sleep. I can hold her for a few hours and let her mother get some rest. I can show up when my baby cries so that she knows that even if daddy can't stop the pain, daddy will still be there to sit with them in the pain. I can hold my baby on the chest and tell her that I love her. I can present 
her or I can be present to her and share in the bond that is between a father and his child. I can have faith that our relationship will be better than I can imagine or think. And I can trust my life. I can trust my daughter's life. I can trust my family's life to God and I can place our lives in God's hands. Church, I had to learn that despite all that I wanted to do, hope to do, aspire to do, that there are simply some things that I simply cannot do. And church family, that is all I came back from paternity leave to tell you is that when we find ourselves overwhelmed by life's circumstances, one thing that we can do is put our fears in God's hands. <laughs> When we feel ourselves out of sorts with the pains of the world, one thing we can do is put our cares in God's hands. When we are worried about how we are going to make it from one day to the next, we can put our worry in God's hands. When situations seem bigger than what we can handle by ourselves, church, we can put our situations in God's hands, putting our trust and God's hands does not absolve us of doing what we can do, but we place our trust in God to do the things that we cannot do. Because just as Jairus loves his daughter, so does God love us. God weeps when we weep. God rejoices when we rejoice. And God doesn't fail in loving us, nor does God abandon us when we are in need. God will go to tremendous lengths to protect us, to hold us, to heal us, and to make us whole. God, our father, in the words of Freddie Haynes III, has never missed child support payments. God, our mother, never tires of nursing us with her love. God, our creator, desires that all God's children be well and live. And God can do more for us, church, than we can ever hope or think or aspire to do for ourselves. So I came by this morning simply to say to put your life, to put your trust in God's hands. As Jesus said to Jairus, do not fear, church, but believe and trust that your faith will make you well. What you And what you cannot control, put it in God's hands. Put your trust in God's hands. Put your care in God's hands and go in peace and be well. Let the church say, amen. Hi, middle. My name is Natalie, and I have the joy of inviting you to join the movement today. I started attending Middle Church in 2018 after searching for a church in New York City with women in pastoral leadership. I had grown up in a church where only men were allowed to teach or preach or even serve communion, and I was so wearied by that. So through my Google search, I came across Reverend Dr. Jackie Lewis's sermons and was overwhelmed by the message of God's love and the expansive nature of it, as well as the powerful call to activism and seeking justice. So I started attending Middle in person and soon after joined the Jerese Johnson Gospel Choir. At that time, and still now, I'm working as an immigration attorney focused on deportation defense. And many of those Thursdays, walking into the choir rehearsal after work, I entered feeling a sense of burden and just anger at the immigration system that's essentially designed as a deportation machine, fracturing families, 
trampling due process and miraculously walking out of those choir rehearsals i just came away with a sense of renewed energy i felt embraced by the community and i felt a prayerful release in the songs that we sang including lyrics like we want justice we want peace and it's been such a life-giving experience to be part of the choir I think of those Sundays where we experienced what I think the Bible describes as the fullness of time, where it's almost a timelessness, a joining of past, present, and future in one moment of just singing in unity and experiencing and joy God's presence. And I've just been so refueled at Middle and encouraged by the community, even through the pandemic growing closer to choir members and meeting other middle members through ministries like the Ukulele Acts. And I know that I'm not the only one who's been refueled by middle. If you haven't joined the movement already, I encourage you to do so in giving of your time and your talent and money to support this ministry and movement. Here's how you can give.
cannot wait until next Sunday to get to sing with you again. I hope you will be there at 11 o'clock. We see a couple people join me today. Um, let's get on into the prayer. Um, 
Bless these gifts, O oh God, to be used for thy will and purpose. In the name of Jesus, who holds uh, so much, so many different meanings um, and whose name means so many different things to every uh, single member in this congregation. Amen.
church family. Again, it's so good to be with all of you today and to say, this is my reason for total praise right here at church. This is my reason for total praise. And so as we go from God's, from the house of God, but never from God's presence, let us remember to always trust in the Lord, to put our trust in the power of God and to know that God answers prayer. And if you ever want to know if God answers prayer, just remember this face right here. This is my answer to prayer right here. And so church, we're getting ready to also after church have our reparation task force circle. And so make sure you stay with us for that. And then for just a brief moment, we are going to allow everyone to unmute themselves to say goodbye. So let the church say amen, and we will see y'all again soon.